ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Shht Podcast. So this week, uh, we're putting coronavirus, COVID-19, we're putting that on hold. So we'd like to discuss common issues in serious relationships. Um, I know we struggle with this or we've had, we've encountered some of these problems and we think it's very likely that either in your current relationship or previous relationships, you've come across some of this as well. And we thought it might help to know that you're not alone in experiencing these, I don't want to say little issues, but the, the small things that matter. Um, so you're not alone. Um, and maybe some of our insights will help you navigate uh, your current problems as well. I also think now is the perfect time um, to do it because we've been in lockdown for two weeks now. Um, So a lot of you have been in lockdown with your significant other um, or your partner for that you've been with for like a couple of years. So I think now um, you really have a lot of time to spend with each other, which is not a bad thing, but I think a lot of these small things might be coming out now. Um, So yeah, so this week we are kind of talking about those little things that might, that might be itching and might be annoying you a bit. So yeah, I think this week is a great week to talk about those, those little things. And I like, I like that you've mentioned that, you know, especially now, with everyone in lockdown, you're spending so much time with your partners. Interesting thing, Bloomberg did a study, like apparently after the whole China thing, um, their divorce rates went through the roof. Like, I mean, people were getting divorced like crazy. And mm. I do believe it's, you know, now more than ever, we're spending time with our partner And you might pick up on stuff that you normally wouldn't have because, you know, our lives are so busy. And not just that, you know, being stuck in a house or a room with this one person, it's all those small things, all the little things that add up to one big thing. And I think now people would either realize, you know, I can make this work, I can compromise and live with this, or I simply can't. We're we're incompatible. It's true because, I mean, we spend so much time at work. So, I mean, I feel like since the day you started dating, you had like your nine to five maybe. So most of the day you spend apart. So the only time that you really spend time together is on weekends and then um, or, or at night. Um, so now you have all the time to get together. And I feel like a lot of people are realizing that maybe forever is just too long with this person (laughs) so yeah I think people are really seeing different sides or sides that they decided to overlook because you don't spend as much time together and um, yeah now it's time to face the music (laughs) (laughs) yeah so let's jump in Um, where do you want to start like what, what, what was one of the biggest stuff that you struggled with in your long-term relationship? Um, I think something 
that everyone can relate to because I think as a as a species it's something that we struggle with in general but clear communication I think just that is the best place to start if you can't communicate with your partner in a way that they understand um, then it's going to be an issue so if you give him the silent treatment and he I don't know storms out the room every time something goes wrong that's not that's not going to work you know you have to be able to sit down and talk about what's going on like what's the problem Um, So I think in a lot of relationships, especially long-term relationships, you kind of stop talking. You kind of, you you feel like, you know, you've said your partner is supposed to know how you feel by now. I feel like a lot of people have that attitude towards it. But I mean, even if if you're in a relationship for six months, six years, 60 years, you know, it's always something you have to work at. Um, so you always have to work on communication and maybe take like time and check in with your partner and be like, Hey, okay, how are things going for you? Is it, do you think things are still going well? You know, just clear communication about things you like, you don't like. I think that's very important, Mm -hmm. especially in this time that you spend so much time together. Mm. I, I agree with that. And, um, I think a big thing as well is knowing your partner well enough to know how to communicate with them. So, you know, communication Mm -hmm. for every person means something different. So for me, Mm -hmm. I value when someone is straightforward with me, when they're honest with me, Um, you know, even if it's something small and it would suck to say that like, I don't know, maybe I cut my hair and it really does look terrible. Rather tell me, you know, don't beat around the bush. Don't say, yeah, but maybe you could tie it up instead. Just be straightforward. Just be honest with me. I would value that more. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas my partner, he he doesn't like the direct approach. So, you know, he obviously also wants honesty, but not directly. To him, that feels... Um, it feels rude, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I have to know how to communicate a message, even, I mean, positive messages as well, but especially something that's negative. I know him by now, so I can, you know, communicate that message in a way that he would actually listen to it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the same vice versa. He had to learn how to communicate with me in a way that I would listen. So I think yeah, with communication, I think knowing your partner, knowing how they communicate, that is really important. I think something that really also relates to communication, like the idea says, you have to, you should know how to talk to your partner. And I think a big part of that, and we've mentioned this before, is knowing your partner's love language, like really understanding what they value in the relationship. So for me, for example, I know my, out of the love languages, my top one is um, quality time. So I really love having quality time. So it's just sitting down, 
putting away phones and just having a one-on-one conversation. It's just you, it's just me. I feel like a priority in that mm-hmm. moment. Um, that's very important to me. Whereas I think your top one is acts of service. So mm-hmm. for you, it's more, you know, you feel most loved when Rocky will do something for you um, that shows you mm. that he loves you. So I think knowing your partner's love language is also very important. It just makes the communication so much easier because you know what they need from you um, and you know what they need. Did I say that twice? <laughs> but, you know, you, you understand yeah. You understand what your partner needs to feel loved and special and appreciated. And in turn, he knows what you need, um, I think, which is very important. I think, mm. no, go yeah. ahead. No, I agree. I agree with that because um, there was a statistic. I don't know where I read it, but it said that like 70% of communication is nonverbal. So, you know, it, it's important to be able to talk to that person, but just be aware that there are so many other ways, like the love language, you know, doing something for that per- person is communicating with them. Your body language is communicating with them. You know, so communication is more than just, oh, you know, he said something wrong or he said it the wrong way. Or in my, in my case, you know, he didn't say it at all. He just assumes mm. I can read minds. And then he's like, I'm sure I told you this. And I'm like, um, I'm mm. sure you didn't. <laughs> but just keep in mind, um, you get nonverbal communication as well. And mm. we don't, I think when you stop to actually notice it, we pick it up more. You know, we pick up body language, a tone of voice, eye rolls, you know, facial expressions. We actually do pick up on that a lot more than words. So, mm-hmm. yeah, knowing the love language and just knowing your partner, I think that goes a long way towards improving how you communicate. Mm. I have to add, uh, just add, um, I think for me, well, like you said, you know, people, you, I think subconsciously you do pick up on like, um, body language and things like that and that's why you have like a gut feeling Mm. um but I have to say for me communication is very important and it's something that I didn't have in my eight-year relationship because I didn't know how important it was but now when I I'm dating or meeting someone new it's so important because I have anxiety so I am I'm always nervous that, you know, they're trying to say something between the lines. I'm always nervous that, you know, they say this, but do they actually mean something else? Like even with you, I mean, you are my sister, you're my best friend. And even when you tell me like, oh, you're doing great or you're so awesome. I'm like, okay, but is she lying? Like, (laughs) is she, is it true? So for me, Yes, there is non-verbal communication, but for me, I will be like, now, where I am now, I will be like, straightforward and be, I'll, I'll ask you about it, just straight, um, straight up communication. Like, so for me, it's really important to have clear communication, like a sit down and talk about it, because 
I can't take nonverbal communication because I always doubt it. I always feel like if you are not telling me straight what it is you mean, then I will take it in the wrong way. Um, like, for example, you, you know, I have been um, kind of seeing this guy for a while now and for like six months. It, in April, it's literally six months. Um, and this guy doesn't touch me. It sounds weird, but he doesn't like touching me. Um, no holding hands, no cuddling, no affection. And I have been going crazy about it because why, you know, does he find me disgusting? You know, doesn't, why doesn't he touch me? Like, what is the problem? And um, last night we actually had a proper conversation about it. And he was like, you know what? I feel like we haven't been talking. Is there anything that's bothering you? Um, you know, let's get stuff out on the table. Like, let's have a clear communication night. So we had like a proper talk and I straight up asked him, like, what is your problem? Like, why, why is this an issue? Why, why don't you touch me? So we actually had, for the first time in six months, we had like a proper conversation. And now I know where we stand because we talked about it <laughs> instead of me going, I wonder why, what's happening? What do you think is the reason he doesn't like this? So, yeah, I communication is so important. Like straight up, talk about it. No holding back. Just, uh, yeah. Can I ask? Important. Can I ask? I mean, you don't have to say if you don't want to. Why? Why? What was his answer? Why? Why doesn't he touch you? I it I guess it does make sense. Um, well, it makes sense to me. So the thing is. Um, I specifically asked him about like cuddling and hand holding and stuff. And he said, you know, the first couple of times that we were together, he never did it. And I kind of never asked for it. And then it kind of just became our norm. So he felt like it would be weird to do it now, like after four or five months, because we never did it in the start or oh, in the beginning. So yeah, so I think that that is what he said. He said, like, it's not that he doesn't want to. It's just he feels like we've we haven't done it ever, and it's weird to start doing it now. Um, but you've so asked yeah. him about that before. I mean, I did, I did, and then he was because I asked him. I was like, oh hey, why don't we ever cuddle? And he was like, oh, we don't do it enough. And then I was like. We never do it. We never cuddle. We never hold hands or anything. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'll work on that. And we still never cuddle or anything <laughs> like that. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that was not the greatest um, example of talking about stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes after quarantine or lockdown. <laughs> Because yeah. obviously um, we still have another week to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we kind of talked about it and it was nice. It was nice to just get it out on the table and be brutally honest. I think that's important for me, just being brutally honest. Don't yeah. try and save my feelings. Mm. Don't, you know, or not save my spare my feelings. Just mm. 
be honest. I'm not saying be an asshole and be mean, but just say what you mean mm. and be straightforward. Like, don't absolutely. beat around the bush because it's wasting both of our time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm the same as well. Like, there's a way to say it. Give me the truth. Be mm. honest with me. Be straightforward with me. Just say it in a decent way. So, you know, as mm. not to be an asshole. But mm. do rather give me the truth. Um, I would value that more than, you know, the truth coming out later or living with miscommunication for three or six months. Mm. So just be straightforward. That's going to save our relationship, not break it up. Mm. That's true. And I think that very smoothly takes us into the next issue in relationships, in long-term relationships. Um Honesty. I think honesty is so important. And I'm not talking about like big things like cheating on you because we're talking about little things. But I've had partners who would lie to me about little things, like things that don't matter. Mm. Why? Like, why? I mean, don't lie to me about the big things, but you don't have to lie about little things either. Like, if I have to question, everything you do because I I caught you in a lie more than once about something small then how can I trust you with bigger things so trust and honesty obviously very big things it's not a small thing and mm. but I, I'm st- talking specifically about little things like mm. little lies um did you go I, to the shops yes I did but I, I promise I didn't buy cigarettes you know type of yeah I, no, I, I agree with I had that. that a lot and, <laughs> and stupid things like you know uh <laughs> did you have the last slice of bread okay maybe that's like really stupid but what if it's not me like let's say doing the dishes so he would do the dishes and later I would go and I'd dry it and I'd say listen okay I'm a bit of a perfectionist and a control freak and then he didn't wash the forks properly mm-hmm. and I said to him listen the forks were dirty I had to rewash them and then he'd be like, no, but that wasn't me. I washed them. Well, it wasn't mm. me. I wouldn't be complaining about it if it was me. So I'm just, mm. you know, bringing this under your attention or telling me, oh, no, I'm going to this place. And then being gone without any communication for three hours, coming back and saying, but I wasn't anywhere. I, I don't know. I don't know how to frame this, but it drives me crazy mm. just. Just tell me what's going on. I'm not going to be mad if you went somewhere else. I'm not going to be mad if you had to run an errand. Just tell me about it so I know where you went and why. I sound like mm-hmm. a crazy person when I say that. But I'm no, not. No, you don't. I'm not. I'm sure everyone listening understands completely. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not talking um, about cheating and stuff like that. And I'm not a jealous person. So it's it's not like I want to know where he is every single hour. but. If you're telling me you're going somewhere and you've gone for three hours, I worry. And, you know, what's mm-hmm. happened, especially for us in South Africa, like you're not answering your WhatsApp messages. I can't get hold of you. Where have you been? And now maybe he's mm. a bit scared. He's like, oh, shit, you know, she has four WhatsApp messages and two missed calls. I better damage control. You know, and then it turns mm. into a lie, even though it's not a big thing. It's not like a cheating thing or a, I'm spending all our money mm. thing. It's just like he yeah. feels like I have to damage control. And 
I really just want to know if you're okay and what's happened to you. Mm -hmm. Exactly, I understand. Um, I know for me, like my long distance relationship that I was in, um, we obviously sent each other like a lot of photos, um, selfies and outfit of the days. You know, we sent a lot of photos and what my ex did a lot is he would send me a photo not realizing that he sent it to me like two or three weeks ago and then I'll be like oh is this today and he's like yeah of course it is you know why would I send you an old picture bitch you did this is an old picture I know like <laughs> but he, he tries to pass it off like that day's picture type thing and I'm like I wasn't suspicious but now I'm like what are you doing that you can't send me a picture of you today? I mean, fine if you look like shit, but then don't send a picture. Why do you... Just don't say, lie. Yeah, just <laughs> say, you know, I like this photo, so I sent it again. Or I feel I look better in this photo, but I'll send you a now, you know, today photo later on. Mm. Something like that. So don't pretend yeah. it's not. Rather just give the yeah. truth. Like, hey, I don't feel like taking a selfie. So here's one that I, you know, I'm comfortable with. I love this one. My mm -hmm. ass looks really good in this one. No need to lie about it. Yeah. Or, or if you sent an old photo and then I confront you about it, not confront you, but then I go, oh, is this today? You have like a minute to think about how honest you want to be. <laughs> so I'm giving you an opportunity to not lie. So then you could be like, oh, no, this isn't today. Um but I really like this photo. I don't feel like sending one today or whatever. But then you go, oh, yeah, of, of course it's today. Like, duh, obviously. Then you're lying. And then you start questioning every other photo that's ever been sent to you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I wasn't suspicious, but now I maybe should be. <laughs> so, yeah. It, and it's, that's why I say it's, it's small lies. I mean, if you're cheating on me, that's a big lie. And that's like a whole other thing. But it's these little lies that make you question everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is very important. Honesty is so important, even if it's just the little things. If you took the last slice of bread, just face up to it. It doesn't matter. But it becomes an issue when you lie about it. Like, mm. it's not an issue. And so you lie about it. Then it's an issue. Or just say, you know, I did finish the milk and I forgot to buy a new one. Mm. It's not. I, what is the worst thing that I can do to you if you confess the truth? You know, there's nothing right. I can do. But now you're lying to me. I know you're lying. And now I can freak out about the bread or the milk that you didn't replace. But if you just say, mm. listen, I did. And I haven't had a chance to, you know, do this. There's nothing you can do. I'd be like, okay, thank you, but let, let's try and remember next time. I mean, that's the yeah, worst exactly. case scenario. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think another thing that we're both guilty of, we've done this, and I don't want to say most women, I think it's a personality thing, but maybe some of you will see this in yourself or see this in your partner but compromising so I know in a mm. relationship you have to work at it 
So it does mean that you'll have to compromise. And one of the biggest things I learned from my separation with my ex is that a compromise means at the end of the day, no one's happy, but you can live with that level of unhappiness. That is a compromise. Mm -hmm. A compromise is not when there's option A, option B, and then, you know, a compromise would be option C, where everyone, you know, mm -hmm. gets a little unhappy, not a lot of happy. And then we tend to not go for an option C. We, we tend mm -hmm. to just do the compromise, 100% compromise from our side. And then, mm -hmm. since we're talking about serious relationships and long-term relationships, it just becomes the norm. So you have an mm -hmm. issue, you talk about it, you're trying to figure out a compromise, we go and we say, well, it's okay. I understand. We excuse your behavior. And then a year down the line, it's just the norm. There's, there's, no, mm -hmm. there's no compromise anymore because we just give in. So we're both guilty of that. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say that was a very big issue in my long-term relationship. I always felt like you know if he's happy I'm happy because when we would fight I would always end up apologizing like he would spin the situation so that I'm always the one um, that ends up apologizing and it's because I compromised a lot um, so when I finally decided to end the relationship it was such a big shock to my ex like he was like I completely pulled the rug out from under him. Like he did not see it coming. And for the simple fact that I always compromised. So with anything, anything, I would be like, you know, I will be unhappy because if he's happy, then I'm happy because then we're not fighting. So I did anything to keep him happy so that we seemed happy. So a lot of people, we're like, oh my word, we did not see the breakup coming because you guys were such a perfect couple. And that's because I made it look that way because he was happy. I made myself, I forced myself to look happy so that we were just a happy, perfect couple. But it wasn't like that at all. And he would not com compromise at all. Like we'd, we'd always fight. And at the end, I'd just be like, okay, fine. You know what? We'll just do what you want because mm. it's just easier that way it's mm. just it's easier um and I, that was at the end like the biggest problem and probably the biggest motivator for why we actually broke up um because I was always compromising and it made me so unhappy I felt like everything bad in the relationship was kind of just overlooked and I just had to deal with it so all the mm. issues I had to deal with it was all on me. And you can't do that. You can't. You can't always go with what they want. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you know, sometimes you can. Sometimes, maybe sometimes siding with them is better or doing things their way is better or having them do it your way is better. But there is, there should be an, op uh, an option C where it's either a win-win for both of you or you're both unhappy but it works out better in the end. Mm. 
So yes, compromise is a slippery slope, you guys. <laughs> and I like what you said. I like what you said about it being easier. Like I think that's why, because we're in a fight, we have a problem that we have to solve, and you know we're tired and we're emotional. So the easy option, it's so tempting, and mm. I'm way past it. I wasted like three years of my life going the easy way, and I think Ilona's way past it. And mm. sometimes, guys, it does. It hurts. And it's not nice when you're in a fight or when you're facing a tough decision with this person that you love and you want to spend, you know, the rest of your life with. But you have to make tough choices. You can't mm. always take the easy way, like Ilona said, just to please him. You know, you have to mm. think of your a relationship is two people. You can't just keep one person happy. So you have to fight and you have to work on both of you being happy. So that's um, true. And, and it's, it's, it's like they say, you know, you have to pick your battles, you know, lose the battle, win the war. But at what point do you like, how do you choose your battles? Yeah, you, you mm-hmm. understand, like, when, when are you fighting your battles? And when do you realize that, damn, you're actually losing the war type of thing? I think mm-hmm. that was a big thing for me, because I was I always thought, you know, fine because what I would do a lot is I'd be like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you you're right those words came out of our mouth so many times I'm like you know what you're right it's fine I'm not I'm not I'm not even gonna argue you're you're right but in my heart I'm like no that is (laughs) it's not right it's not fine it's not okay but I'm just like you know what this is not a battle I want to fight and that became the norm. I'm just like, this is not my battle. This is not the battle I choose to fight. You know, this is not, in the bigger picture, this won't make a difference. But in the end, it made all the difference. Mm. So, yeah. I think a good example, or what I've been going through, um, so my relationship with Rocky is still quite new. It is a serious relationship. We're going for our second year now. Um, and we've always been good. So we had the little things, sometimes communication. Um, we're pretty good with compromises. That's okay. But since a Christmas last year, and I think we'll get to in-laws, but, you know, there was a whole fallout. And ever since then, we've been struggling. And, I mean, it's April already, and mm-hmm. we're only now getting back from that. So, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, which battles are you going to fight? When is it worth it, I suppose? Mm. But there were a lot of stuff that I didn't, you know, um, confront or I just kind of let go. But after mm. the whole Christmas incident, I, I had to deal with them. So for a mm. whole January and February, so two months, say two and a half months, I had to come back to everything from 2019. We had to cover that. And Mm. it was a tough time for us. Like there was one day he came home and he was actually really upset. And he said to me, you know, this is the first time in our entire relationship that I didn't even want to come home today. I Mm. think that was also a wake up call for me. 
But I feel like all the stuff that, and it was hard. So there's no easy way anymore. I'm, I'm 31. I want to get married. I want to have more children. So I feel very pressured to make this work. I feel if, if this doesn't work, then I'm okay with being a single mom, you know, with just being me. I have Ilona. I have mm. my son. So I'm trying very hard. And I said to him, you know, I know it's tough. I know there are stuff that seem small, but it has affected me. And if we want to build on this, I mean, let's not waste time. If we want to build on this, let's do it now. And it's ugly. Guys, I have been emotional for the last three months. It's ugly, but we worked through it. And I feel like now, mid-March to April, now we're getting back on our feet. Now we've worked through like a year and a half worth of shit that we didn't. And it would have been so much easier if we did. And now, now we're getting to a point where it's okay. You know, we're dealing with this. We know how to communicate. We know what the problems are. And now we can, you know, compromise and we can mm. take all the steps that we need to take. I feel our relationship will be stronger going forward this year because we went through this war zone um, mm. in January and February. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, that goes, I feel like that goes along with like clear communication. Like I mm. think you guys really were very straightforward about what's going on and how you're feeling. And that is very important. Um, I once saw like a quote, I'll see if I can find it, not a quote, but like a little Pinterest quote, relationship quote thing um, that says, you know, you choose how people treat you. So if you're going to stay quiet about things that you find important, you are encouraging people to do the same. So if Mm. people think, you know, oh, you said nothing when I was being rude to you, so I can keep on being rude to you you really have to decide what is important for you and things that you cannot compromise on. And that's a, that's a big thing for me go, going into new relationships. Like there are things that I will not compromise on. I'm not even going to try to because it's very important to me. And I respect people who have those boundaries as well. Mm. And that's how, that's why you have to communicate to figure that out and figure out if you are compatible Mm. with those things. So yeah, I think, I think my point was um, you have to, you choose how people treat you. So Mm. if you keep compromising, keep giving them the benefit of the doubt, keep letting things slide, they're going to get used to it and they're going to take advantage of it. And eventually you're going to get to a point where you're like, but I'm not okay with this. Why do people think it's fine, but you've been letting them walk all over you? And and exactly what you're saying, when, when you've allowed this and people think this is okay, it makes the fight so much harder. So now Mm. people are like, you know, what's wrong with you? You're obviously having PMS or you're going through a phase because this never bothered you before. Mm-hmm. So you've yeah. allowed it to happen. And now you have to really, really fight. And, you know, it's going to get dirty and it's going to get ugly. Mm-hmm. So I think with you going into new relationships, it's great that you already know this. 
so you won't mm. let them take advantage or you know do things that's not okay for you and then having to fight for it later on i think we we mm. should all but, look in and see mm. you know what is okay for me what is not okay for me and then we start standing up for that because the longer you leave it the bigger it's going to be it's true and um that is definitely something that i saw when i ended my long term relationship because at the end it was everything was but this was never an issue like i don't see why this is a valid reason for breaking up it's never been an issue it's always been an issue i just decided to keep quiet about it um so for him like i said for him it was such a a blow when i decided to end the relationship because he was not expecting it because everything was perfect for him or seemingly perfect um and then when we actually had to talk about it he was like okay but you you've never mentioned this or it, it's never been an issue or you know why didn't you talk to me about this or so yeah it, it definitely makes it harder when you have to end things or when you finally have to confront it and not be quiet about it anymore so just be straight up from the beginning because it makes it so difficult like we talked about having like breakup ptsd in one of our episodes already but it made my breakup so difficult because he was like everything was perfect you made everything seem perfect but it was because i always compromised so inside i was so unhappy but i never said anything so that he's happy so then when i had to break up with him he was like but everything's perfect i don't understand it like you must be crazy like what i don't get it so yeah. i think another thing that a lot of us are guilty of and i'm going to do a little bit of a a shout out to one of our um listeners here uh, bianca recently brought this up she said that um she and her boyfriend they are incredibly codependent although i have to say it seems like it's working great for them so yay for you guys i'm really happy um but i know for like me like that codependency it kind of drove me mad like i of course i loved it i i i liked having someone by my side all the time and you know always having my person right next to me but at some point we stopped being the two of us and we started being like one person we did everything together like if he went to the shops he'd ask me to come with him if we went anywhere to my family or to his family we went together everything had to be done together and it drove me insane at at a point because i would play video games and he would have nothing to do because i'm playing video games and he can't keep himself entertained apparently so he would tell me okay but let's do something else you know let's do something together and i'm like okay but i want to play video games that's what i want to do this is what i want to do with my time and he's like okay but what am i supposed to do like literally anything out like just just go and be your own person because when he plays video games i would read or i would clean or i would work in the garden but if the roles are reversed and he's and i'm doing something 
then he's like, okay, but what are we doing? What can we do? Um, and it can be such an issue. It, it really can because it gets frustrating and you kind of lose your own sense of identity. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Because you become one person, so you have to find hobbies that you both enjoy. You have to find movies that you both enjoy. So everything that you do and are, it's not you. It is like, it's not you individually. It is you as a couple. So when we finally broke up, I was like, I was lost. I'm like, okay, but who am I? You know, (laughs) what do I like? What do I like doing? Do I enjoy this? Do I actually really enjoy doing this thing that I used to do with my ex? So it was such a wake-up call and it made me feel like, it, it made me feel panicked because now I'm by myself. I don't have this person by my side the whole time. So I had such bad anxiety about being alone forever and dying alone because I was used to having someone by my side constantly for eight years so it really messes with you and I think keeping your own individual personality is so important and having your own interests it's so important to just take a little break from each other every now and then which is hard now I get that because we're literally in lockdown (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I think that is something that can very easily become a problem yeah, I agree. And I have to add to that, personality-wise, we were raised to be very independent. Mm. A lot of stuff we had to do for ourselves. So I, I guess independent people would understand this more, not understand it more, but would feel more strongly towards this. But mm. I agree, and I've made this analogy before, where each person is a circle. And when you go into a relationship, the circles don't need to overlap and become one circle. Think of it as, you know, connecting and it's becoming a chain. So still keep Mm. who you are. And I also made that mistake in my previous relationship. And in this one, and I guess it also depends on your partner. So my partner, he grew up in a family like that. Like they are all so dependent on each other. And I don't understand that because I am not from a family like that. I mean, we are close and we love each other, but we don't, we don't depend on each other to stay alive, you know. Mm. So yeah, from the start of this relationship, I knew who I was. I knew what was important to me. And I would encourage him to still, you know, figure out who he is, the things that he likes. So we have a lot of similar goals. Well, mostly we have the same goals in life, which is great. But we have similar interests and then he has interests and I have interests. And mm-hmm. he he likes me to be involved with his interests. And I do, I you know, I ask him about it. I'm involved with it. But I do still mm-hmm. encourage him. And I say to him, you know, I know you want to build cages for your chickens. And it's cool and it's awesome and I would help you. But still just remember that it's not my hobby or it's not my interest so I'll support you but you can still do this on your own or you're allowed to Mm. you know go to animal markets on your own or take your brother he's way more interested than I am so Mm. in in our in our relationship there's a lot of stuff we do together 
but then also I like my own time. Like you said, when I want to read or I want to play games, I want to do that for me. And then I encourage him to do stuff for him so that mm. we built, we, we, you know, we grow as a couple, but we also maintain a sense of who, who you are. Yeah. And that's very important. Uh, then another thing that I think a lot of us are guilty of is that we kind of get stuck in like a relationship comfort zone. You know, you've been with each other for a couple of years already. You kind of know each other other's routines you're past the phase of wooing each other so you kind of just get into this routine of being a couple like a comfort zone like you know this is what we usually do this is who we are and it's easy to get into bad habits of like never having dates and never wooing each other anymore and never going out and experiencing new stuff because that's not what you guys usually do so I think comfort zones, although they are very comfortable, obviously, mm-hmm. um, they can, after a couple of years, be a negative aspect of your relationship. Because, you know, when do you try new things? When do you, when does your comfort zone go from, oh, you know, she knows I love her because we've been together forever, to he never does anything nice for me or we don't do anything special anymore I don't feel like he's still I mean I feel that he loves me but he's not in love with me anymore Mm. you know that butterflies feeling so I think that is a very dangerous part (laughs) um when you get too into your comfort zone Mm. um I don't know how do you feel about comfort zones (laughs) no I agree and I feel there's a very fine line I mean, obviously, once you get over this honeymoon phase and stuff like that, it's nice It's nice to just be comfortable with this person. I mean, besides just, you know, farting in bed and, I don't know, you know, the, the, the stuff that you do when you're comfortable. But it does become a problem when you don't put in the effort anymore. So I feel there's... A difference between being comfortable in your relationship mm. and just not giving a crap anymore. You know, I've been with this person for three years, so what's the point of date night? Or I've been with this person mm. for so many years, so what is the point of you know, getting dressed in lingerie? Stuff like that. Mm. So I, I think it's a very fine line. And like we've said before, um, keeping a relationship healthy and happy it takes work and we are all busy. We have our routines, but it's still nice to put in the effort. You know, that person, even after eight years, they still like surprises or they still like, they like it when they feel special. And I think when you, when you're able to identify when you're moving towards the unhealthy comfort zone, it'll, it will really help your relationship, you know, put in the effort. And um, just just know that there's a difference between kind of giving up, well, not giving up, but just letting go and being comfortable. So we are pretty comfortable with each other. Um, we both have those, you know, that kind of personality. But then we do still try and do special things, you know. Quality mm-hmm. time is really, you know, we, we make an effort. So when we want to do a date, we, we put some effort into it and especially 
in our sex lives, you know, we put effort into it. Uh, we went through a mm. little bit of a phase where, you know, kind of get into bed and you like rub, 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 and let's have sex. And at one point I said to him, you know, this, this isn't hot. It's not kinky. It's, it's not doing anything for me. So now we put in the effort, you know, when, when we mm. want to get naughty or whatever, we, we kind of not pretend, but, you know, we do it in such a way where it still feels new, you know, that person still feels mm. special and appreciated. And we, we put in effort. And I know, especially if you're in a mm. long relationship, sex gets really hard. Not, not hard, but. Uh, that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) it it kind of makes you feel like a chore and it's not interesting anymore it's kind of boring Mm. so I feel one of the biggest things is focus on your sex life the moment you Mm. put a lot of effort into your sex life a lot of aspects of your relationship will it will improve as well Mm. I want to add to that while we're talking about sex (laughs) Another thing that I think is obviously applicable in long-term relationships, but is also applicable like in a long-term relationship and a brand spanking new relationship is sex, of course. I feel like it is such a big part of any relationship. Um, But more specifically, and I know it was an issue for me, like (laughs) I feel like everything is like, one of the big reasons why we broke up. <laughs> but this was really one of the big reasons we broke up. <laughs> it's sexual incompatibility. Um, like that, I told the idea earlier, um, that's why I am very against not having sex for marriage. Sex is such, plays such a big part in any relationship that you really have to make sure that you are compatible as a couple. So if you have a very, very high libido and your partner has none, it's going to be an issue, especially like the lady said, because after a couple of years, it kind of gets boring. It kind of gets into a routine. It kind of feels like a chore. So if your partner is like down to fuck all the time and you are not, it's going to be an issue because you're going to hate it. Eventually you're going to hate it so much that you are going to start resenting your partner because he just wants sex all the time or you just want sex and he doesn't want to give it to you. It's such a big thing. And in in my relationship specifically, I have a very low libido. I can go without sex. I'm sure forever. I don't, enjoy sex particularly I feel I do it if my partner wants to um so for me it is such a I want to say irrelevant part of a relationship like it for me it's not a big thing um like if I had an asexual partner that would be fine because it doesn't bother me but my ex had an insanely high libido like he would try and initiate sex like three or four times a day and in the beginning like the first couple of I don't want to say first couple of months because we didn't have sex in the first couple of months but when we started having sex you know the first couple of months it was exciting and it was like oh you know let's do this but then 
we kind of settled and I kind of discovered, you know, I, this is not what I want. I don't enjoy it as much. And it's not, I didn't not enjoy it because of my partner. It's just who I am. But it became an issue. Like he wants to do it four times a day. I want to do it once a year if I can help it. Um, <laughs> so it became an issue because he would initiate, I would reject, and then we'd both be angry because I feel like he just wants sex all the time. He felt I don't want sex at all and yeah it became a really big issue so I think a massive problem in relationships is that sexual incompatibility mm. um and and I mean it, it, it's totally possible to be happy in a relationship with two people who have completely opposite sex drives if you have clear communication um I know sex is I don't want to say better when it's spontaneous, but if you have a partner who has a low libido or a very high libido, maybe you can work on like a schedule so that you kind of know you're not neglecting your partner or you're not overwhelming your partner with sexual advances Mm -hmm. because it is such a big issue because I know for his self-esteem, his self-esteem took such a hit because he started questioning, you know, why doesn't she want to have sex with me? Is it bad? Like, am I doing anything wrong? Am I not manly enough, you know? And for me, it was like, does he only want me for sex? Like, is there nothing else in this relationship that matters? Because in the end, it was just like every touch for him became like a way to initiate sex. So, yeah, so that is a massive, massive component, and which is weird because this is, like, small issues. <laughs> but it seems like a small issue. Like, you don't think of – I don't think a lot of people think about this. But if you are not sexually compatible, it's, it starts out as a small thing. But I promise you it will become a massive thing. I agree with what you're saying. Um I really do. And the thing is, especially the point you touched where, you know, if if you're not communicating this when you are incompatible, everyone is unhappy. Everyone's ego Mm. takes a hit. And like for me, I like sex, but it's not the main focus of my relationship. But Mm. if I want to initiate sex and, you know, he had to say no to me, I would also feel, you know, is why what's wrong with me why don't you Mm. want to have sex with me so I can only understand from a guy's point of view how that must you know feel and Mm. I agree with I know we don't want to rock a lot of boats but there I think men no not men I saw somewhere a meme that said um Sex before uh, not having sex before marriage is like buying a car without test driving it and mm. it may seem crude. It really does. And maybe it's not the right point of view. But there, there, I, I feel what you're saying is valid. You know, even if you don't have sex before marriage. So if, if this is not something, I don't know, for a religious purpose or mm. whatever your choice is based on, then you should at least have this conversation. Like I just said, I, I like sex. But then... 
I don't like uh, BDSM or whatever. So even if I find a partner with a high libido, we might still be incompatible based on what we like in sex. Mm. And then also, you know, for me, it's a lot to do with the foreplay and stuff like that. You know, let's let's make it sexy. Let's make it exciting. Mm. And then sex will happen. So it's not that I have Mm. an overactive libido. It's just I like the attention and the thrill of being wooed. And Mm. so, you know, you have to, there's a lot of aspects about sex, not just the act itself, you know, how you initiate it, how you execute it. A lot of stuff, we all are individuals. So, you know, your individual preference would not necessarily be your partner. And I'm all for trying new stuff. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm like missionary Mm. and cowgirl, so that's it. Try new stuff, be exciting, but then you can mm-hmm. still say at the end of the day, you know, we tried this, I didn't like this, so let's communicate, let's compromise, you know, let's figure something out to keep everyone happy mm. sexually. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's true. And I'm, I feel, um, I just want to add, like, I know for a lot of us, having the sex talk is like, uncomfortable because you know, sex is such a taboo type thing, but it shouldn't be. Mm. Um, As someone, like speaking from personal experience, um, like I said, I don't enjoy sex. I am not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I do realize that it is an important part in a relationship and it might be important to my partner. So for me, it is very important to have my hard nose, like a definite, I, this is something I won't do, but you have to have, keep an open mind. So, you know, if I try reverse cowgirl or missionary or doggy style, I'm not going to like it because I don't like sex. So, but if it's something that my partner enjoys, I'm willing to try it. But he has to understand that, you know, he has to understand how I feel about it. And I feel like in my personal relationships now, it's a, it's a big thing. And I think it's something that people don't understand. So, you know, I am very open to trying a lot of things, um, you know, try everything once. Uh, so I am very open. Like if he wants to experiment with BDMS, BDSM, if he wants to experiment with that or role playing or just plain vanilla missionary you know I'm I'm open to try it because at the end of the day I feel like sex is for his pleasure um that is something that I am willing to do in our relationship is please him sexually because it does nothing for me so instead of going oh I don't like sex we're not having sex you know I feel like I care enough about my partner and his needs that I will make our sexual experience good for him but he has to understand that if we're doing it and he's asking me how much do you love it how great is this do you want me to be honest and say yeah it's okay or (laughs) you know don't don't be don't be mad when I don't orgasm or climax because I don't because I'm not enjoying this this is not my thing (laughs) um and and it's an issue and it's an it, it's a I think we can have like a whole different conversation about like a whole other episode about this but 
it's important to understand what your partner likes and to try new things. And it's like you said, even if you both have like really high libidos, you might like butt stuff and he doesn't like butt stuff at all. So even if you like having sex, you still have to find out where you have common ground and then work from there. Mm. So, I agree. And I like so just, said- just have, just, sorry, just have the sex talk. Just talk about it. It's not, <laughs> it's not weird. It's not taboo. It's not, it'll make your relationship better. I, I wanted to say <laughs> I wanted to say the exact same thing now. We might feel awkward <laughs> or we might blush, but it's your partner. I mean, mm. you have sex anyway, you fart, you shower in, in front of each other, you know. There's no secrets in a well, I mean mm. in a in a healthy relationship there's no weird secrets. But mm. um so having an open on open and honest conversation is really the best thing, you know. If you want to explain mm. to him where your pleasure spot is, you can. If you need to show him where it is, you can. And I promise you, no mm. guy will ever say, "Say, oh, please don't show me how to please you." You know. So oh yeah, definitely not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So don't be shy. Sit down and say, mm. "Well, you know, we have a great sex life, or I want to improve on our sex life, and this and this and this is what I like, what I don't like, what I'm willing to try." And I promise you, he would be so turned on and probably reciprocate with what he likes, dislikes, and is willing to try. But also, what an amazing journey as a couple if you don't know what you like. Because maybe you've only always done missionary and doggy style, and you're like, I don't know, maybe I do like other stuff. Experiment with it as a couple. You are with this person. You've been with this person maybe like three or four years already. And... Who better to experiment new things with than someone that you already trust fully? Like they yeah. know every part of you. They know they know you. You trust this person. You know this person. What a great journey it would be to experiment with new sexual interests. Mm. You know, maybe you find something that you both really enjoy or, you know, maybe role play is something that you can try. Um, yeah, we but it's nice. It's, I think it's I think it's nice to ex, to experiment with your partner, and it's fun. I mean, even if you're not like on the sex bag and wagon or whatever, it's it's fun. So I mean, we when we did mm. the Valentine's episode, or it was just after the Valentine's, maybe it was the sex episode. Uh, we posted it on social media, and one of the girls in our or ladies in our group, she said, "Yeah, you know, Valentine's sex isn't a mandatory thing." But that is like the highlight of her evening with her boyfriend. Like they full on dress up. They go all out with the sex thing. So it's not like it's expected. They enjoy it. But that's like a fun Mm. time thing for them. And I think that is amazing. I mean, um, Mm. how much fun. Not just sex, but just the whole day, the whole evening, the anticipation. It must Mm. be so much fun, you know, to to have that with your partner. Instead of climbing into bed and like hoping and praying he doesn't initiate sex, you know that that's like the worst. That's thing. true. That that really is. Um, I had that a lot. So I'm like, get into bed and you're like, oh please, 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 please let him just fall asleep tonight. Like we, I had that so many times and it sucks. Um, so yeah. So even even as someone who doesn't like sex, it is exciting. It's exciting to 
to explore mm. this different part of your your partner and mm. try something new and get out of your comfort zone haha <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying like the, my my favorite part of sex is the build up you know it's it's a mm. prelude into it if you're doing it right so it's a prelude it's mm. the foreplay it's it's building that excitement like that is my most i think that's why i like sex so much nothing mm. well actual sex is nice but the whole build up to it that, that's so thrilling mm. it's so exciting i love it yeah and and sex doesn't have to be a chore it doesn't have to be like ladies believe it or not you can enjoy sex too like it's not just for your partner for your husband or you know it's not just a man thing like you are allowed to enjoy sex so go forth and find out what you enjoy so that it's not a chore or it doesn't feel like oh let's get this over with or oh i have a headache tonight you know it, those old clichés it's bullshit you don't have to like mm. 2020 we might be in lockdown but we can still we can still live live a bit <laughs> <laughs> Also, lockdown, I mean, you have time, you're with this person. It might be a good time to have the sex talk and try some new stuff. I mean, exactly. by the end of lockdown, exactly. your your relationship might, you know, have a second second wind, second life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Exactly. And I think it's great that you say that now because I feel you are, we started off this conversation with saying, like uh you know we're all trapped together now you're trapped with your significant other so you know all these little things might start irritating you but maybe now is the perfect time to really focus on those little things and then come out at the end of lockdown like a power couple like Beyonce and Jay-Z who you know (laughs) (laughs) and I think we actually we left the the best one for last well not the best one Oh, I yes. think <laughs> I think this is the biggest one. Out of all the little things, this is the big little thing. And for some, mm. it might not be a little thing. For some, it might be a huge thing. And mm. I can I can do probably five episodes on this. <laughs> mm. But I think. And um, I, I, I sorry, I just want to say I think also we're including it as a little thing because when we do start talking about it, it feels like. It should be so irrelevant, mm. but it's not. It's not. <laughs> and that is in-laws. And yeah. I think I want to start off with having in-law problems. <laughs> it, we just need to understand that it comes from where you come from. You know, mm. I was raised this way. This is how my family acts. In this situation, this is how we as a family dealt with an issue where he grew up this way. His family dealt with things this way, you know. So just mm-hmm. to understand, I know it's difficult and it's, it's sometimes it's hard to navigate a middle ground. But just to understand that it's two completely different families and you are trying to mesh into one. Mm-hmm. And I think it works really well when everyone can communicate openly and honestly. So this this goes beyond Mm. just you and your partner communicating and trusting and compromising. This involves family. So you have to Mm. communicate and compromise a whole family. And that is why it's a little thing, but it's one of the biggest little things. 
because it's one of the mm. hardest things to do successfully. Yeah, that is true. I, I, it is such a big thing. I feel like it's something that we've always struggled with um, mm. because I, I don't know, maybe it's us, but I know for me personally, in like my, I like I've only ever had to deal with like in-laws, I say that in air quotes, in my one very long-term relationship. Um, and it's tough because, it, like you said, it's two different families. They, The histories are completely different. How do you, I don't say mesh them into one. I don't feel like you have to make it one big family, but how do you make them mesh when the time is right? Like Christmases or weddings or, you know, at some point they are going to have to come together and obviously you have to deal with your in-laws and your partner has to deal with his so yeah how do you how do you do that how do you make sure that it's a seamless thing but not just the families you know not just christmases and getting two families together i mean when i was if, if i'm raised a certain way i have certain viewpoints i have certain you know, um, there's stuff that I I feel strongly about, you know. Um, but then your partner and his family, they don't have the same stuff. So um, I saw a post on social media about a lady who said she, she found a profile for her child on, on Facebook. And when she did, went back and did research, it turns out that her mother-in-law started the profile. So, I mean... <laughs> For me, there's a big red flag. Like, no one, no one has permission to start a profile for my child. And then mm. someone else made a comment and said, well, you know, that they, they love your child. It's okay. Um, maybe just talk to them about it, stuff like that. So I feel kind of you have to get to a point. You have to navigate this in a way where everyone's traditions and everyone's viewpoints, stuff like that, is being heard and being respected. Um, mm -hmm. And it's little things like, you know, having my son's face on your profile photo. You know, it's such a small thing. But maybe I am really strongly against having a social media presence for my child because of all the mm. human trafficking and stuff like that. And then they don't care because they just want to show off the grandchild. You know, um, mm. it becomes, it's a small thing, but it becomes a huge problem. You know, especially then if, mm -hmm. if you look at traditions, like you said, Christmases, one family used to have this tradition, new family has this tradition. So navigating that, you know, um, getting mm. getting middle ground with stuff like that, you know, who's going to mm. compromise? Who's going, you know, if one family does one thing, uh, one Christmas and next year Christmas, someone does another thing. It's, it's easy to kind of say these things and have solutions, but it's hard mm. when a family is set in their way, when, when you know, this is what mm. it is and this is how it's always been, regardless of how you've always done it. So, mm. you know, small things, but it has a really big impact. Yeah. And then um, another thing is also, um, you know, respecting, because you come out of a family and your partner comes out of family so you're obviously the children, you know, you're not children anymore, but you're the children. Getting the respect for your relationship 
I feel that is also one of the hardest stuff. So your parents will always, you know, see you as their child. His parents will always see him as their child. And yes, you're adults, you're mature, you're in a, you know, you're in a serious relationship, a committed relationship. Maybe you're, you're already married. Maybe you're, you already have children. Um, but it's, it's one of the biggest thing and biggest things. And I've dealt with this in my previous relationship is getting the respect as a person, yeah. as a mother. So, I mean, obviously I am my mother's daughter. I will always be her child, but she respects and treats me as an adult where my mm. ex's family, they didn't, they, they didn't even treat their son like an adult, you know, that they wanted to mm. micromanage our relationship, our life. And that was not okay for me. That was a big issue for me because my mm. own mother doesn't do that. I wasn't raised like that. Mm. I don't need you to tell me how to raise my child. Respect. I know, I know we are raised as Afrikaans, as Afrikaners, we are raised to respect your elders, you know, have respect for all people. And I do. I have respect. Or I, I used to have a lot of respect for them. But I feel adults or older people should also respect the next generation. You know, they should also mm -hmm. trust us to be adults, to raise our children, to make decisions based on what we think is best for our family or, mm. you know, our relationship. Um, so I think that is very important. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, especially, like I said, at the start, you know, um, different, different traditions, different people, different methods. Mm -hmm. it, it's difficult to find balance when two families are completely opposite. Mm. And it puts a lot of strain on your relationship. So, I mean, you could have a solid relationship. You could be, you know, open in your communication. You can be honest. You can be compromise, uh, compromising. But in-laws, you know, his family, my family, it puts a lot of pressure because you always feel like you're in the middle. Mm -hmm. You know, I love my partner and I will choose that person. But I also love my parents. And I respect what they're saying mm -hmm. and I take it into account. And that it, it, it puts a lot of strain on your relationship. And mm. I think for this one, we don't really have advice. The only thing that I could say is, mm. you know, communicate. If something's not okay, communicate. Don't fight. Mm. A lot of people, when I say communicate, they think, oh, I'm going in guns blazing. Don't fight. Mm. We can all sit down like adults and have a calm mm. and rational conversation. But do, do stand up for yourself and do stand up for your mm. relationship. And, and make it clear, you know, you don't have to be an asshole, mm. but make it clear what is okay and what's not. Yeah. Communicate. I want to add to that. <laughs> Communicate, but also boundaries mm. are so important. Mm. I think it's so important to have boundaries and mm. to make sure that your family understands those boundaries. Um, like you said, you know, it's not, it, it's not okay to put my child on social media that is you crossing a boundary so you you have to you have to make your family understand as much as you love them and as much as they might have been a part of your life as an individual you are now part of a couple and in that relationship there are boundaries mm. so they can't just micromanage you anymore because you are not by yourself anymore so different rules apply um I think that would help a lot and I know especially with your previous relationship there were 
no boundaries and it made it very difficult. So yeah, I think people need to realize when it's time to butt out and um, it, it's very important that you communicate these boundaries with your partner and make sure that he communicates it properly with his family. And unfortunately, sometimes they're not going to like it, but they'll have to deal with it because it 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 is for the health of your own relationship mm. that you need this because as small as it seems in-laws play such a big part it can really i don't want to say it can make or break a relationship but sometimes it can mm. so, yeah. no, definitely and i think like with the sex conversation this might be an even harder conversation to have especially if it's mm. a very codependent um, family, you know, if that setup is very mm. codependent. But it is really important to sit down and have this conversation with your partner, you know, to discuss mm. the boundaries, what is okay, you know, what is not okay. I've had this in my previous relationship. I'm dealing with it now. Um, mm. It puts strain on your relationship and it, mm. it, it's essential for the health of your relationship to talk about this and there are going to be compromises. So it's, it's important to have boundaries set up and, you know, to trust your partner to help you enforce, enforce the boundaries. I think with my previous relationship, you know, I spoke a lot about, you know, stuff that were bothering me, stuff that I weren't okay with, you know, the boundaries, stuff that I'm okay with, not okay with, you know, what what made me feel protected in our relationship but he was so codependent on his parents that mm. it didn't matter and i think that was a massive red flag that i ignored for way too long mm. um and i think ladies it's safe to say if you're in a relationship with this kind of person who values his family more than he values the respect of or the, the boundaries of your relationship, mm. that is a massive red flag. I'm not I'm not saying mm. break up or whatever. I'm just saying this this is a red flag and I, I think a psychologist and life coach will probably also tell you this. So it's definitely something you should look into now. Don't leave mm. it for six months or one year. It is huge. You need to have mm. boundaries and you and your partner need to respect and you know be on the same same vibe. I completely understand, and I think I think it's harder for us because I I feel like we don't have a very I don't say we don't have a close family, but we're not very dependent on our family. Um, so we are close and we love each other and we spend time together, but we don't get all up in each other's business. We're very much you do your thing. If you need us, we will be here for you. Um, and that's how we grew up. Um, so for us, I think we struggle with that still because we are not used to these very codependent families or dependent families. So it's like a bit of a foreign concept to us. Mm. Like you obviously have more experience with it now because you have a partner with a family like that. But for even even me now, um, going into relationships, it's it's weird to think that my possible in-laws can play such a big part in this new relationship mm. um yeah it's, it's really something you have to be aware of and 
try and deal with because as much as we know for like search with certainty that our family they're not going to mess around with our relationship and like try and get in there and you don't know if your partner's family mm. is different if it if they're going to try and be an active part in your relationship mm. so and, I, and yeah. I, I feel like i have to mention as well this is the most sneaky little thing because when you mm. just start dating and it's the first i don't know couple of months or first year it seems okay because everyone is putting mm. their best foot forward everyone is kind of um compromising on stuff you know oh this new girlfriend said something but it's okay you know we're, mm. we're going to let it go you're still in the mm. pretty pretty you know area or stage of this mm. relationship so I feel like this is a really sneaky thing that really only pops up after a year or two. So when when mm-hmm. you get comfortable with your in-laws and they get comfortable with you, you're past the putting the best food forward phase. Now you're mm. getting real with each other. And unfortunately, that's when the monsters come out and the little irritating habits and tidbits and whatnot. Mm. That's when it comes mm. out. And unfortunately, it's you can be aware of it going into a new relationship, but you won't know. Same as with your partner. You won't really know this person or how this family works until it's settled, you know, until, until it's yeah. more comfortable. And then it pops mm-hmm. up and then the issues start. So you have to address it as soon as possible. But I feel out of all of this, this is the one that takes the longest before you really, mm-hmm. you really get a sense of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So, ladies, I think we have been going on about this for long enough. But um, I, the whole point we're trying to make is just to look out for the little things because they can become big things if you don't address it. And since we're all mm-hmm. locked up together, um, it might present itself more dominantly then, you know, mm. if it, as if we were going on with our normal life. So just be aware and hopefully if you notice some of this or if you've dealt with some of this in your relationship, um, hopefully some of the insights we've given, you know, might be able to help you. If it doesn't, hopefully it helps you to know that you're not alone. Like we struggle with it. We have a whole community of ladies who struggle. And I think... I think the key takeaway is that a relationship is work. Mm. You know, whether this person is your soulmate, whether you get along 100%, making something, you know, anything long-term work takes work. If you want a happy Mm -hmm. and healthy relationship, it's going to take work and some sacrifices and a lot of awkward moments and difficult conversations. But if you love this person, I, I, I believe it would be worth it. For me, I feel mm-hmm. going through what I'm going through now will be worth it 10 years or 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. I, f- I, f- I just want to add, um, I, don't, I think it might come off very, I don't want to say negative, but we've obviously been focusing on all these little things that can go wrong or um, that play like a big part in like the negative aspects of the relationship, but it doesn't have to be. If you know how to deal with these things in a positive way, um, if you can overcome these things, you will have 
an amazing relationship that is strong and goes the distance. Um, so yes, it's negative little things that irritate you and stuff, but you have the chance to make it into a positive thing. It doesn't have to be this shadow in your relationship, like oh, what's going on. You know, I don't think I'm making a lot of sense, but it, no, you, you know, are. it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. Is what is what I'm trying to say. Like, if you work on it, if you work through it, if you maybe you already have really great communication, you have a great sex life. You know, yay, that's great. So I think the point of this episode is just pointing out little things that some people might be overlooking that could play a really big part in a relationship. Mm. If maybe you tweak it a little bit or work on it a little bit. And I feel like for both of us, we were both in relationships where we just let it slide. We didn't look out for mm. these little things. We just compromised and said, you know, it's okay. It's no big deal. Mm. I mean, how many times, Ilona, have you said to me, I feel so stupid, but this is a problem for me. Like, I feel so selfish, mm. selfish because uh, this is a problem for me. And I said to you, well, mm-hmm. I have that problem or I feel this way too. Or it's not a little thing. Everything mm. matters, whether you think it's little or not. So I think just listening to us and knowing that there's more people going through this and we're telling Mm. you, I don't want to say we're empowering you, but we're telling you what's out there and it is up Mm. to you, you know, is this person worth having this conversation over or do you feel like this is such a big thing, we can't compromise on it, so maybe, you know, it's better for you to end the relationship. So that sounds very negative and I don't mean it to be. I just mean when you're aware of something, you have the power to fix it. So what you do with whatever we've said today, it's 100% up to you. I applied in my current relationship and I feel we're growing as a couple. We're stronger and we'll maybe make the 60-year anniversary mark one day. And you Mm -hmm. could do. You could do if if you know what to look out for and how to handle it. So obviously we're not, sorry, disclaimer, we're not relationship experts. Uh, that's not what oh, I'm no. trying to say. <laughs> I think for me as well, I'm not in a long-term relationship. I'm not in a relationship at all. But these are things that I know how I feel about. I know where I stand on a lot of these things and I know what I want. So I think going, I, I, I take this, or I can take all of this into any future relationship. So I'll know what to look out for. I'll, I'll know that I don't have to compromise on everything. Um, so, yeah, I think even if you are single like me, ladies, um, and you're not in a long-term relationship or you're in a brand-new relationship, these are things that you can look out for and really make them work to your advantage in your relationship. I think uh, that is it for us for today. Um, Please do connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. For the ladies who want to get to know us better um, or who really want to connect with us, we have a Facebook group. Um, You're more than welcome to join us. We have a lot of conversations in there. You get to see more of Ilona and I, you know, our personalities in there. So we'd love to have you there. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
and we'll see you next week. Bye, ladies.